0: The following is a Furnish Brothers production. This is the talking. B- First time since March the 10th. Welcome everybody to the post-game edition of the Talkin' Buds podcast. Ryan, we just got finished watching a Toronto Maple Leaf hockey game. It's almost hard to believe that today, July 28th, The Toronto Maple Leafs played a hockey game against the Montreal Canadiens, which the Montreal Canadiens got dressed in a Maple Leaf locker room. Yes, huge story before the game was all these pictures of the Habs dressing in the Leafs locker room. 30 degrees outside, playing hockey, and then you throw that little nugget of a Montreal Canadiens hockey team dressing in a Toronto Maple Leafs dressing room that is just 2020 buddy I know what a what a timeline I put on our Instagram that we are living in the twilight zone because I feel like we are before we proceed though before we proceed Wouldn't be an episode of the Talking Buds podcast without cracking a nice cold beverage before we get into uh some maple leaf discussion. Ryan, it was an exhibition game, but I have a feeling that you and I are gonna bring the hot takes after an exhibition game. Am I right in saying that? You know what? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't wanna be too hot takey today. Even though as this conversation progresses. I can't promise that I won't that's get there. I was going to say. You say that right now. Yeah. I might get but there. But when I ask you about William Nylander, are you going to be able to keep it on the rails? I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. I have no idea because the display tonight was not impressive. If there is one way that I know that is an absolute lock... To get you off your game and get you fired up? It's to say the two words, William Nylander. Yeah, the guy, uh, yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Let's not spoil it too early. Um, all right, before we get into the game, let's talk a little bit about uh, the league in general. Ryan, I, you texted me this earlier this week, or over the weekend, rather, and I wanted to take a minute to discuss it. In the two years we've been doing this podcast, we've spent a lot of time criticizing the National Hockey League, and just going on about, like, they're not innovative, they're not cool, um, they, they lack um, vision, they lack creativity, you name it, we've criticized them for it. And as you so appropriately put to me in a text a couple of days ago, they are hitting a home run when it comes to running a sports league in the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And we, we rag on this league hard. So I think it's about time that we give this league its due. And right now, the coolest thing in the world is being safe. And this league is... Killing it when it comes to this whole setup, man, in this city, in Edmonton, like just phenomenal, man, just phenomenal, no positive tests reported as the latest report, like just two great hotels in the city, they're over at BMO having fun, they got, I heard today that they have protocols everywhere you go to get food, to do this, to do that, then you look at that presentation tonight; it's phenomenal. Oh. Like I, I'm, I I I am so impressed with this league. They are just dummying every other league when it comes to approaching this whole COVID situation. Like they are just killing it, man. I gotta give Gary and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly their credit. What if if there's um, if you could pick words to describe Bill Daly? charismatic would not be one that comes to mind. No. no. Absolutely Stoic, not. Stoic. Monotone. Words like that. Yes. And so you mentioned uh, the setup inside the arena, and anyone who's listening to this podcast, you probably knew ahead of time that I was going to comment on the arena setup. Um, I think it is un. Real. I think they hit an absolute home run. I went on, when they announced that this tournament was happening, I was just banging my fist over here saying, you gotta make it look good, you gotta do something creative. I think they did an amazing job. I love that we're not staring at rows on rows of empty seats. I love the video and light rig they've set up above the benches with the team logos on each side. Like, I think, I think it's awesome. I think it's so awesome. Tonight, I didn't even know, I don't know about you, but like at one point, at any point where you like, man, I'm missing fans in the arena. I forgot that there were no fans as soon as the puck dropped. Well, to go on my little minor uh, negative tangent here, a home game for the Maple Leafs pretty much sounds like how that arena sound tonight. Silent. So, to me, it didn't make a big difference for a Maple Leaf home game, but... I, I, it's it's every sport so far, even baseball. Like, baseball is an absolute disaster when it comes to COVID. But when you watch, I've watched mostly every Jays game other than tonight because the Leafs are on. And, dude, you don't notice a thing. You don't notice a thing. I, I The phone fans in the stands, like, it's, it's great for playoff atmosphere. Like, if you're comparing it to what it's like game seven, second round, third round, Stanley Cup final, whatever, it's not the same. But it's just... It's something that is just not going to ruin your viewing experience because you've just been waiting for this. Waiting to watch sports. How am I going to just sit there and criticize and be like, I really wish there were fans there. It's like, nah, man. Who cares? They did an unreal job. The screens look look so good. and just I found the broadcast, too, and and just the game in general just flew by. It flew by. It was fast. It was quick. It was efficient. It wasn't boring. You weren't staring at your watch just things happened quickly and it was nice and it was over it seemed it was painless it was phenomenal i loved it a couple new camera angles because this is like high above bird's eye camera angle that i loved that when they were on the power play you can just see yeah, everybody they, on they, the they, ice. they they gotta they gotta keep that angle only when they're in the ozone i wasn't a huge fan of once the puck got out it's like hey, okay, we gotta go back to the old one but yeah, the old wide shot but just try you know what it, like If you don't like the camera angle at first, you just got to appreciate that the broadcast is trying to do something different, like just give them a chance, try it. There's going to be different experiments in not just this edition in the NHL, the COVID edition and future years of sports evolving. Like there's going to be different camera angles. So let's just, let's just cut them a break on that. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that, man. But anyways. Yeah, I think it looks amazing. I, I can't I can't say enough about how much I love it. it it's got me even more excited to watch all these games. I just whoever's idea it was to come up with that rig behind the benches with the huge screens and the logos and the lights. Like, great, great idea. Yeah, it looks like big boy stuff, yeah. man. Like, that's just, it looks, looks cool. I like it. It does look it's cool. It's awesome. All right, Ryan, let's stop beating around the bush and get into the game. The Maple Leafs defeat the Montreal Canadiens... Four to two leaf goals from Ilya Mikheyev, two from Alex Kerfoot and one from Morgan Riley. Um, So where do you want to start? You want to start, uh, give me some positives that you notice. Like when you you want to talk, I know you're a huge fan of the penalty kill. You want to talk Nick Robertson. What what, what do you want to talk about? I, I just think to start, even though this is an exhibition game, and you can read what you want to read into it. They only have one. And then the next game is the big one. But I thought tonight the game is just the classic example of a Toronto Maple Leaf hockey game that they win. Like they, they had some positive moments with Nick Robertson and that Kerfoot and Capitan line. I thought the PK was just dynamic. Maybe next time when they go on a power play, they should just go a man down. Yeah. Like I thought, it was phenomenal. They were so aggressive. You can tell that that was something Sheldon Keith worked on during camp. Yeah, it's like they're. It's like sometimes they're they're stuck in mud at some point in the game, but then you get them on the PK, and they're they're Marner, Hyman, Kerfoot, and Kapanen all flying, flying around the ice. So aggra- I wish they could bring that aggressive forecheck that they have on the penalty kill. Or that aggressive play in the in the neutral zone. Bring that to the power play. Bring that five on five. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. Oh for three on the power play tonight. So that was uh, that was a bit of a miss. Same sort of story. Pass, pass, pass. Don't score. Yeah, it's it was it was it was brutal. But I just thought it. Think what you want about the game. It. it they did what the Maple Leafs have to do to win a hockey game, and that is capitalize on chances yep. and, and and create chances on special teams, whether that is on the PK, which they're sp- phenomenal at, or try on the power play, which was a no-go. But, the, man, this team has to capitalize on their chances, and I thought they did that tonight, and that was good enough for the win. Nick Robertson. You mentioned that line, um, Kerfoot, Kapanen, and Robertson. I think it was um, based on what I saw. In leaf discussion tonight online, uh, that was a uh, people really like that line. I like that line too. Um, I thought Robertson played well, man. I think he did, he looks a bit small out there, but I thought he played well. Um, I, I didn't. I noticed him in the offensive zone. I didn't notice him in the defensive zone, which is you always say that's a good thing. Um, yeah, talk to me about Nick Robertson. Yeah, I, I he's just a, he fits into the mold of this team. Like he's just the same speedy guy who has some skill he he helped like they, that early penalty I kind of fell for him I was like ah that's not the way you want to start off but I think that the way that line played it wasn't so much him individually but him being a part of a three-man group that could have so many good shifts with good four checks and speed is gonna help him but I went on a rant a couple episodes ago about maybe just keeping him down don't don't expose him don't put him in a bad situation, but tonight I, I'm watching the game, and I, I'm looking at the lines, looking at the lineup, and I see Freddie the goat, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> and Anthony Stewart after the game on the Sportsnet broadcast um, made a comment that he'd rather have Freddie the goat other than Nick Robertson because of the size, and I don't know if Anthony Stewart I, I, has watched Freddie the goat, but the guy might as well be five nines. Yeah. When he's on the ice. If he, played, so, if he played like Clifford or Muzzin, okay, valid point. He does not yeah. play like Clifford or Muzzin. If, if the guy was bruising bodies out there, uh, I get it. But Freddy the Goat might as well be 5'9". Yes. So what does Freddy the Goat give you? Uh, an, an odd face-off win and a couple shifts a game. Like, is Robertson ready? Probably not. But it's just... I think if you're going to go with that third line like that, like that's just a speed third line with two curve foot and cabin. And they, they, they're not the most grinding type players, but you know what? They can get on a four check with speed. So I would rather have a guy I've seen enough of Freddy the goat. Yeah. I'd rather have a guy who has some upside who can, you can throw in on your second PP and see what you have in your future. Like Freddy the goat has done to me. Just throw this guy in, man. Like I, I I'm I'm over it now. I'd rather him develop, but we don't have time for development right no. now. So I, I'm down for him on that line. I don't know about no, you. No, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I I'm in the same I I don't want Freddy the Goat in the lineup at all. Like I think the fourth line of Engvall, Clifford, and Spezza works perfect perfectly fine for me. I don't I don't Freddie the Goat's not on my team. Like I don't I don't see it either. Um As far as Nick Robertson goes, um, my tune has changed too. I was saying let's, let's all dial back the expectations for the kid. My expectations remain the same. I don't expect the world from him. But do I think he, based on the way he played tonight, he earned a spot in the lineup in game one against the Blue Jackets? Yes, I do. And do I think that line, even though it is a bit of a smaller finesse line, do I think they play and skate well together? Also, yes. And I think they're a good option to give you some jump. Because we're gonna talk a little bit about the top three lines, and I, when the when the your top line is asleep like they were for parts of the game tonight, that's a great line to put out there and give you some jump and get some, get a cycle going in the offensive zone and get some offensive chances. So and 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 to take a page out of Dubas's book, those are three guys who can put the puck in the net. Like they are, are they. Nick Robertson's unproven. Is in a fifty goal scorer? No. Kerfoot, no. But Two th- goals th- they all have the ability Kerfoot. to do it. Like Freddie the Goat, like I, the guy, the guy. I, I can't rely on him to do anything. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Other than just be a guy on the ice for checking, and you put it the right way, expectations on Nick Robertson. I don't have any expectations mm. for the guy watching tonight. Yep. It's just like let's. Here's a guy who scored 55 genos in the O. That's that's phenomenal. So I guess don't you would here's my one expectation of I have on Nick Robertson. Okay, don't be a liability in your own zone. If you if you are if you take care of the puck in your own end, I'm fine. I've got no gripes. I don't care if you don't score a goal. Like just just don't don't be a liability in your own end. I just liked how tonight it looked like he was just hungry to like prove something. Yes. And when a guy, even though he has a lot of skills, hungry to prove something, means he's going to forecheck harder, he's going to take the body more, he's going to try to do everything he has to do to prove himself, especially on a third-line situation. All right, before I ask you about the defense, I, um... All right, listen, everybody, before you start yelling, scream at me for this... I will preface it by saying, yes, isn't it's an ex- exhibition game. Yes, they've just had months and months off. I get all that, right? So I'm not going to sit here and, and go off. But if Austin Matthews and William Nylander are going to disappear for large portions of the game and each finish as a minus one the Leafs are going to have a difficult time. I was not particularly impressed with either of their games tonight. Matthews had a few good looks on the power play, but it's just, it's the same old story to me, Rye. There's another gear there. And yes, I know. First game back, exhibition game. They could easily come out on Sunday and dominate, and I hope they do. But I just, I'm watching tonight, and it's like, I don't notice you. I notice I notice uh Ilya Makayev every time he's on the ice. I noticed I was noticing everyone on that third line every time they're on the ice. I just I I, 34 and 88 floating in the neutral zone and then waiting to jump in and get a shot on net just to turn around and skate back the other way. It's like it's not good enough. It's not going to be good enough. Let's put it that way. It's not going to be good enough if you are going to defeat. The Columbus Blue Jackets, which you are favored to do. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't hate Matthews' game tonight. I I, I thought I didn't he had hate some it either, chances. Ryan. But it's just it's the same old thing. Like you, I've ranted and raved about Matthews so many times because there's no bigger Austin Matthews fan than me, and I just like I want to see him dominate. That's all I want. I just wanted to see. I want to see him dominate. But, but, Rob, maybe we're at the point now, man, where, like, maybe he's just not that guy. He's a guy who, over a 82-game season, can pot 50, which is, fun, which is unbelievable, which is worth a lot in this league. Goal scoring is worth the highest. Yes. But maybe that McDavid, Nathan McKinnon style of taking over a hockey game isn't him. He's a guy who's going to snipe when he has to, but I don't think... I think I'm at a point now where I'm at peace with, even though he doesn't get paid like it, which is just a whole nother story, but I'm at peace with him just not dominating a game and having to puck all the time using his I just don't think he's that guy, man. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. I, at this point, I don't. So you're saying that I should I just, change my expectation level. But, it's but dude, Rob, it's so hard, man, because the guy is getting paid so much money, and he's this, the face of the franchise. So you want him to be that guy. You want him to be Dougie in 93. So bad. But he just... He, I just don't think he has that in him. He's just a guy who could put the puck in the net, and what he wants to can take over a hockey game. But I just don't think on a night-to-night basis that he can, he can just dominate... A, a whole hockey game. I, I just, I'm at that point now where I don't think he can do it. I just don't. I'm going to throw a few names here, of the forwards at you, and I want you to give me uh, your thoughts. John Tavares. Uh, disappeared after the first period. I, I thought he was phenomenal in the first period. Didn't notice him after that. I thought he was invisible. Well, probably looked like he was winded there on the bench a little bit. Yeah, that first period, man, he was flying. He looked so good. Setting up plays, that. Pass to McKayev for the first goal, phenomenal. You just after that, I, he was feathers for me. I didn't see him. You just said it, Ilya McKayev. Uh it's got to be like the guy was injured for a while. I'm a huge fan. Um, Love is skating. A, Love is skating. Oh yeah, guy flies, yeah. man. I, I, I don't have anything super negative to say, but I don't have anything super positive to say either. I just, I just like a guy who's willing to, to, to forecheck and just have the ability to put the puck in the net if he has to and he's and for him to play on that line like that's not easy not every guy can do that so i thought he had an okay game he was all right mitch marner guy's way too into himself (laughs) i have never seen a hockey player more into himself in my entire life this guy could i think he has the g like what i was just talking about with matthews in terms of dominating a hockey game i think mitch marner can do that but dude man I know everyone just raves about your passing ability, but bro, get off your own height, man. Yeah, he had the get off it, shoot the puck. Yeah, yeah. He had two of the most. Uh, if Alexander Ovechkin had the two opportunities he had tonight, he had two goals. Yeah, this guy's trying to make a pass. Uh, yeah, he he had he had the See, one dude, the one where he was like in alone against Price, and he passes it to Tavares, who's like on the goal line. Yeah, who's not in a good position to shoot. He's not in a good one-time position. And then the one on the power play, dude, nobody's standing in front of him. (laughs) Everybody is covering everyone else because they just know he's not going to shoot. And then he finally shoots, and it's just the weakest little shot I've ever seen in my entire life. That guy needs to get off his own height, man, and start shooting the puck. You can score goals too, man. You don't have to be... Adam Oates all the time, like just chill, bro. Yes. Like just shoot the puck. Yeah, I thought I thought overall he played pretty good, but I agree with you. Just shoot the puck, Mitch. Been he was for phenomenal on the penalty kill, though. Oh, yeah. I will say oh, yeah. that he was phenomenal on the. He penalty was kill. of the of the of the stars. I thought he was the best one tonight. Yeah, him on the penalty kill with Hyman, man, they they killed it. He was unreal. All right, before we move on from the forwards, Ryan, number eighty-eight, William Nylander. I sometimes question, especially tonight, that if William Nylander did a workout the whole quarantine, I I don't, I, I just, like, Sweden was a, a country that had it, they figured it out, like, they weren't in lockdown for very long, he had the opportunity to skate, work out tonight, it looked like he hadn't laced up a pair of skates in four months. Which, which I don't want to get too, too crazy because the guy had a pretty good year. I had to kind of eat my words through the regular season because he was having a pretty good year. It's the first game back. It's not easy. Not every guy can show up and have a legend game, but it's just when he's not having a legend game, he's just a non-factor. He's a non-factor. Some guys can cannot have a legend game and just kind of do little things, forward check. Do, he is just a non-factor when he's not having a good game. All right, let's move on to the defense. Um, I thought Riley was pretty good. I thought he had a couple um, um, brain farts in his own end. Um, I thought J- Jake Muzzin proved um, his his what I love about him and his value tonight it bring in the physicality. That's an element that this team sorely lacks, which is something we've all talked about ad nauseum. Um, and everybody else was just everybody else. Uh, Tyson Berry looked like the same Tyson Berry who was here all season. Cody Cece was oh, fine. Couple of dumb penalties. Uh, Marty Marinchen was Marty Marinchen. Dermot was okay. That he he had Rylan Dermot out there together, and that didn't last very long. And Hole was Hole. Give me your thoughts on the D. Uh, this is what worries about. Like anybody who's talking about cup conversation for this hockey team, you just need to sit down and do some game tape on their defense, man. They're just not good enough. They're not good enough, man. Like at the end of the day, like there's Austin Matthews, there's all the goal scoring. There's these guys need to forecheck more. If they do that, they'll do this. Their defense could do everything right, and they're. I just don't think they're good enough. Period. I. I they're just not deep enough. They don't have enough talent. Um. Riley's out there with with C. C. Like oh yeah. Like I don't, I hate harping on Cody Seas. I'm sure he's a great guy, but it's just, I thought Morgan Riley was pretty good tonight. I thought he was all over the ice. I thought he was skating like a maniac. But I, I just, it's hard, man. Like there's a lot of good defensemen out there who have good uh, defense partners, and it's got to be tough trying to bail out your guys twenty four seven. What do you think of Freddie? Uh, I don't think he got tested that much. Yeah. He, he like at the end of the day, he got thirty shots against him. That's a lot, but. I mean, for the most part, I didn't see him under stress too much. I thought the Leafs did an okay job of kind of clearing the puck around their net when it was a scramble. Yeah, you know what? Like, like defensively, I I didn't think they were awful. It's just talent wise, to your point, it's it's just not there. No, it's just it's just not there. It's not there for me. Like they're not horrible, but like you just compare them to the to the some of the juggernauts in this league and they're just they just don't have it man they're not good enough they don't have enough guys yeah enough talented guys who can who can make a difference in a game man i'm really i'm really down on that part of their team it's just it's just accepting the fact that i i they're just not good enough no. um if i can pivot here for a second you mentioned that um freddie wasn't tested very much I wouldn't say very much. I just don't remember him making like a 10 Beller, like a 10 Beller or making like, Oh, Freddie, oh, the, which is fine. Like that's not no fault to him. I thought it was good for him to kind of ease into the game a little yes. bit. I thought the Leafs dominated for 10 minutes. Yeah. So I think that helped him, but I, I didn't see enough tonight where it's like, Oh, Freddie's good. I am. Um, I don't like the Montreal Canadians chances against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't know about you. Yeah, the the only thing worse than the Leafs power play was the Montreal, yeah, Montreal Canadiens Canadiens were tonight. 0 for 6 on the power play. The Leafs were just a choo-choo train to the penalty box in the last period of that game and yeah. I I think the NHL refs need to shake off the rust too. Some of those calls were atrocious, man. I think um, I wasn't a fan. I think um that series, the Habs and Pens could be a 1-2-3. Like, I, I really do. I, I The Montreal Canadiens just don't have it, man. And, like, C- Carey Price, n- not to turn this into a Habs, talking Habs, but all this hype about how, like, if Carey Price gets hot, it's like Carey Price is not the goalie he once was. Like, at this, I, 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 I don't see it. I just don't. They just don't have enough skill yep. or ability or, or- top end talent for me especially the pens like oof that's not a matchup i'd want no thank you all right buddy before we move on from this game for the first time in months who's a bum who's a beauty hit the music it's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty that is right we're in the part of the season where it's Bum of the night and beauty of the night. Ryan, I will go first with my beauty of the night. I am going to go with Jake Muzzin. Lay in the body. Brings a physical presence. I would like to go, when I pick my beauty, I like to try and go off the board. Like, there's obvious answers. Like, you could say Robertson. You could say Mikheyev. You could say Kerfoot. You could say Marner on the PK. But I'm going with... Jake Muzzin as my beauty of the night. I just, uh, This team, if they get past Colum- even against Columbus, man. Like, you don't think that Torts is not going to have these guys fired up and be like, finish every check. They're going to need that physical presence that he brings. He's he's vital. So, Jake Muzzin, beauty of the night. Yeah, and he's, I feel bad for him, man. He's the only who, – who's his back uh, – Kyle, Kyle Clifford, I guess. But other than that, like, who's their backup? Just a bunch of – nobody's like yeah I'll go my beauty tonight I I I, I'll say Morgan Riley I said last week that I think he needs to be their best player to go anywhere and I thought tonight maybe he made a couple um bad decisions in his own end which is it's tough when you're playing for this team because you don't have anyone open to make a pass to but man he plays a hard 60 man like it's not some guys can go out and they can play their 22 minutes or whatever but his 22 minutes are difficult They are hard. He's under stress. He's not playing with people who can bail him out. I thought his skating was just top-notch, not to mention his salad. Oh, yeah. Guy's got a great head of hair now, and he has the best girlfriend in the country. No doubt. You are a big... No doubt. You are a big Tessa Virtue fan. Oh, dude, that's a scoop. What a a beauty he is, man. I I thought he was, man, like, he needs help. Really badly. And I thought tonight, he, he drove plays. He stepped up offensively. He was always in the mix. His his skating ability is... I could watch that guy skate all day, man. He can skate like the wind. With the puck and without. I thought he was the most noticeable player for them tonight. So, he's my beauty of the night. So, the obvious, um, the obvious choice for Bum of the Night, the easy pick... Is Cody CCC so I'm gonna stay away from that one, and I'm gonna go William Nylander, bomb of the night. Not impressed. Like at least, like I said, at least uh, the, the Matthews Nylander combo tonight left me feeling uh, underwhelmed. But at least Matthews had a, some good looks on the power play and some good offensive chances. William Nylander, like he just does it to himself, you know. Like he just goes out there and he just—it's—it's just—it's the most blatantly obvious floating. And I'm a Nylander defender, so if you're listening to Talking Buds for the first time, go back and listen to every episode previous. I'm always saying people's expectations of Nylander are too high, and that's not the type of player he is, and yada yada yada. However, we're in playoff time now, so if you're gonna go out there and float, you're gonna get bum of the night every time from me. So William Nylander, bum of the night. Uh my bum of the night is the management team and the coaching staff for having uh March, April, May, June, July, around 5 months to prepare for um the next stage of hockey, which is right now and not doing a goddamn thing about that power play. Holy Crap! That thing sucks. It sucks, man. It's no good. They don't know how to even get past the red line, bro. Like the, it's brutal. Like I cannot believe that a a group of guys who are as highly touted about how skilled they are and uh, how dynamic they are and how they just light up the, like uh, they're so offensive, dude. Their power play is atrocious. How this power play was a top ten power play. In the NHL this year, even though if you look at the stats that before the whole COVID thing happened, it was atrocious, but it, I just can't believe that it's that bad. What it, like, is it? A game plan is, are they just not like, I think, I think it's I don't the, understand what it is. It's just they, like, it's, they take too long to get set up and they don't attack with flat speed. footed all the time. Yeah, like like they, they don't attack with speed. It's like, no, no it's like, don't. And I'm not saying fire it, dump and chase. Of course not. You're on the power play. But it's like put the puck on your stick and fly over the other team's blue line and get set up quickly. Instead of just I just I don't I don't understand if this is like what Sheldon Keefe and, and the coaches are implementing. Like are they stressing past the puck in the neutral zone and in your own end five thousand times so you're flat footed and the other team has time to get set? Like I don't understand what the game plan is, man. It, it's it's terrible. There's no intensity. Just the intensity, just go bring the intensity from the penalty kill to the power play. Like that's all I that's all I want because the power play man, it's it's you cannot win a thing in this playoff if you cannot capitalize on the power play and if they don't score power play goals in this season, in this series against the Blue Jackets, they're they're done. You literally just to... took the words right out of my mouth. If you if you go back to our episode last week, we said they need to capitalize on their chances, and that means score power play goals. And if they don't do that, mm-mm. no good. Like the, the the Blue Jackets aren't giving up two shorties a night, like the Habs did tonight. No. no, Habs were sleeping on the power play; they were atrocious too. But man, if you're if you're if your penalty kill is producing more offense than your power play, like that's a that's a big problem oh, for sure. a group of guys who are so skilled. Like, I I don't I wish I could just be a fly on the wall in that dressing room, that film room, and listen to what they're trying to stress to these guys on the power play because it is just I don't understand. I get D to D passes, I get passing backwards to create space on the ice, but it just creates the them being flat-footed, and the other team just perfectly set up, and you, all you gotta do is just put a little pressure on them. If you're an opposing team, you just gotta put a little pressure on them, and they'll just crack. They'll give the puck away. It's down the ice. There goes 25 seconds. Like I just don't get it. I don't understand. See, you said uh, you said at the beginning of the episode you weren't gonna get too riled up. It's but like it's so bad. Like it is. It is. every single. It, the NHL analyst you ever hear talk about the Leafs uh, what a skilled hockey team. It's just but on the power plate, dude, like this is where you shine when you're a guy who, who puts the puck in the net or creates offense and it's just I don't get it. Yeah, no, it yeah. I don't get it. When they went on their So bad When they went on their first power plate tonight, I was like, Here we go, fresh start. And then it's just like, Nope. Pass, 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 they pass, a, pass, like, pass oh. out of the zone. I don't understand like the, like the draw I it's the draw pass they're not the only team that uses they just it don't but attack. for some reason but Ryan just... it's it's the it's a it's a it's a microcosm of what they are as a team like they're not a physical intense team so they don't they don't attack that way like somebody put the puck on their stick you can all skate really fast Mitch Marner you can fly put the puck on your stick and fly over the other team's blue line and everyone follow him quickly and get set up like I I'm with you. Like I don't understand. Like why do we have to take our time and ever why are we setting up outside the blue line and then trying to carry that into the other team's zone? Yeah, like why does it take 30 seconds to get past the red line? I, I don't get it, man. I don't get it either. It's terrible. Right. Oh. Well, before we move on from this, um, I know you agree with me, an honorable mention for Beauty of the Night. Elliot Friedman's beard. Oh my goodness, man. That thing is unbelievable. When he when when hockey stopped and all the SportsNet broadcast stopped, he had a he had a clean face. The fact that that guy can grow that in 5 months is one of the greatest feats in human history. <laughs> That's the best beard in the league, dude. It is. It That's is. way better than Joe Thornton's yeah, beard. I'm sorry. See the stash that. I know. If that guy just shaved off the cheeks and the chin, and he got the stash, it's, it would be the greatest stash in the history of humans. Like, whoa, Elliot. Like, don't shave. I love how they didn't make him shave that off. Guy looks like a legend. Well, he went on Twitter yesterday. And he's like, "Should I shave it off?" And it was a resounding no. And I, I no. voted in that too. I was like, "Don't get rid of that, man. You look like a legend." That's. Epic man. uh, The fact that he could just rattle that off in five minutes. It's unbelievable. Oh buddy. I love the little gray in there too. Always gives it that grizzled vet look. Yeah, just just makes you look like like you're you're wise. Oh, just 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 gonna impart some wisdom on people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of that. So before we get out of here, I wanted to do this with you. I thought about this today and I put it on the format for tonight's show. The games start for real on Saturday. There's a slate of exhibition games tomorrow and Thursday, but it starts for real on Saturday. So I'm going to go through the Saturday and Sunday schedule, and I want to just do a little quick comment on each series and what you think. So let's start with Saturday. Saturday, 12 p.m. Eastern time, the New York Rangers at the Carolina Hurricanes, game one. I said couple episodes ago that the winner of this series will be my dark horse in the east and i stand by that statement this is a boring series though man (laughs) this is one of these series that i will just be skipping i'm sorry you're not interested there's enough sports on where i can just just pick a a series or two and just be like no i'm good I I who, I have who are you no, picking? I, I I think I'm gonna pick the Rangers in this series, um, because I just like how they're an original six team, and just the Hurricanes are just the worst. So I'm gonna go with the Rangers. Uh, but I I'm not gonna lie. I wish I could be all gung ho about it, but I'm skipping this one, man. I'm sorry. Saturday, 3 p.m. The Chicago Blackhawks at the Edmonton Oilers. Um. I think I think this one could go either way. I think the Oilers, obviously, um, I, I'd call them the favorite. I think they are the favorite. They should win this series, but the Blackhawks have the experience. And, yeah, yeah the Blackhawks have guys who've been there, done that. So I wouldn't sleep on the Blackhawks, but um, if I had to pick, I would pick the Oilers. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Oilers, too, but this, this is more like it. Like, this is a series I, I will tune into. Absolutely. 4 p.m. on Saturday, the Florida Panthers and the New York Islanders game Ooh. one. <laughs> I'm gonna watch I just, this one, man. This one I should be interesting. I just yacked a bit. I just yacked a bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, the Islanders. A little, man. a little bit of a little bit of chicken leg just came up my throat, dude. There. I got. I'm sorry about that one, bro. I'm sorry. I'm bleeding Panthers red in this series. I hate the New York Islanders. Let's go, Florida Panthers in this one, but. I, I think I think this is my lock. Like if you were to lock a winner in, I'm I'm locking in the Islanders. Well yeah, I just said I hate the Islanders, but I was about to say but if you told me I had to put money on it, I would obviously put it on the Islanders because they are the better team. Yeah, I agree. Actually no the pens too. Well, that's the next game. Eight PM on yeah. Saturday. Pens Habs game 1. I said this earlier. I don't think the Canadians stand a chance in this series. I think this could potentially be a 1-2-3. Yeah, it's it's it I I feel like the Habs have that like special gene in them that they could just come up with some magic because the Montreal Canadians just have a history of winning on like the team we're cheer for. So I'm going to pick the pens for sure, but I I wouldn't be surprised if it was a little more interesting than just an absolute blowout. And last game on Saturday, 1030, the other series that I would deem must watch in this qualifying round, the Winnipeg Jets and the Calgary Flames. I think this one is probably going five, and these two teams are going to battle it out. Yeah, this is a pick man. man. I am not putting any money on this series i can tell you that right now i will pick jets though i'll take the jets and five. First game on sunday predators coyotes so this oh I- i'm boy, guessing this, this is, is another one yeah I'm, oh I'm guessing oh boy this is a skippable but okay so yeah, so so right you have to watch either the rangers and the hurricanes or the coyotes and the preds which one are you watching uh, oh, oh my goodness! Rangers, Hurricanes. Uh, yeah, I go Rangers, Hurricanes, just because the Rangers are an original six team, and I'm a huge fan of their uniforms. So I'm gonna go with the Rangers. That that the Preds and Coyotes. Oh, no, no! You could you could torture me, forcing me to watch that series. No way, man. No, thank you. Just who? Boring hockey teams. No. I am no thank you. Yeah. And and like two teams that you know like don't have a chance. Oh. Right? So it's just, just like terrible, man. Just Phil, Phil Kessel. Phil Fessel. Phil and Taylor Hall versus Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson. What a blockbuster that one is. 3 p.m. on Sunday, we have a round robin game. The Philadelphia Flyers and the Boston Bruins. Ryan, that's I that's an- a game. I- that's a game. I anticipate the Boston Bruins to come out as the number one seed of the Eastern Conference Round Robin. Don't count Philly out, though, man. They're pretty legit. They-, they got a lot of young, good guys who they got a lot of speed. They always play Philly hockey. I I I don't know, man. The Bruins, but the-, the Bruins are just undeniable. Like they're just a well-oiled machine. 6.30, another round-robin matchup. St. Louis Blues, Colorado Avalanche. Oh, that's my pick. The Avs? The Avs. They're going... They're, they're my West pick. I think they have a... Phen- Nathan McKinnon, bro. Like, that guy... That guy, when he first came in the league, kind of had, like, didn't uh, shut the lights out. But now, oh, I think he's the best player in the league. Uh, he's phenomenal. Naz... Hey, they're, they're, they're loaded, man. Oh, like Joe Sackett looked at Kyle Dubas and was like, I'll give you nothing and you give me Nazem Kadri. <laughs> I'll give you a, a giveaway machine yep. who doesn't contribute offensively like you said he did. Literally does not contribute offensively. Yeah, a, a guy who's just literally just a guy out there and, we'll, and I'll take Nazem Kadri off your hands and he'll just add to our center depth and just... We'll just be a good hockey team. Like, oh. Sunday, 8 p.m., Blue Jackets, Leafs, game one. If you want to hear us preview this series, you should check out last week's episode. We discuss in depth both teams. You obviously know who Ryan and I are cheering for. But if you want to hear us do a deep dive into that series, hit up last week's episode. Yeah, I'm gonna go Leafs in five officially right oh, now. Right now, all right, all right. Right now, right. right now, okay. I'm going Leafs in five. Yeah, a Leafs in four or five. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I too. don't think the Blue Jackets have enough offensive talent, and the goaltending's a question mark. Will they dummy the Leafs at some at any point in any game? Absolutely, they'll hem them in. It'll be ugly. They'll get hit. It won't be fun. But I just think at the end of the day, I think if the Maple Leafs can't beat. Columbus Blue Jackets and Elvis Merzlikens Elvis Uh, Merzlikens baby it might be time to go back to the drawing board because this is about a a winnable of a series as as you can get it's not the best matchup I've talked about in the prior episodes but I I get losing to the Bruins man I get losing to the Caps this is a team that you can beat. And if you can't beat this team, I- I'm worried, man. Been, I'm a uh, little Ryan, worried. I've been saying it since it was announced. Like, I know that this technically is a qualifying series. It's not like a best of seven. But for the first time in um, this era of the Maple Leafs, they are going into a playoff series as the favorite. So there's going to be no excuse if you lose this. This city is going to explode if they get eliminated by the Columbus Blue Jackets. And it's very possible. Yes, it is very possible. It's very possible. It's a toss. If you were probably to sit down with all 31, soon to be 32 general managers in the NHL, I guarantee you this is their uh, series to watch in this qualifying yeah, round for 100%. Sure. And then last game on Sunday, 10 30, Minnesota Wild, Vancouver Canucks. I would. I, yeah, I'm leaving. This is yep. a pick them too. Yeah, the Minnesota Wild. I'm out, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. See you later. Yeah. Actually, I don't mind the Canucks though. They have it. They have a couple years ago with the, with the Kessler, Burroughs, uh Sedin. I, I couldn't stand the Canucks, but now I actually kind of like their team. I like Travis Green. Yep, good young, um, good young I, team. Yeah, I think they're pretty legit, man. I, I actually like the Canucks. They're they're pretty good. I'm cheering for them for sure. Because the Minnesota Wild, just no, thank you. I, I'm not into that. Before we move on, I just want to talk about the two other um, round-robin games on Monday because there's uh, four teams there we haven't talked about. So I just said five minutes ago that uh, my I called the Bruins a runaway favorite to be the one seed. I am go- retracting that five minutes later because if there's a team that I think can challenge them for that, it's the Washington Capitals oh. who play the Tampa oh. Bay Lightning in a round-robin game on Monday. Like anybody who has any Stanley Cup aspirations for the Toronto Maple Leafs, like just go take yeah, a gander yeah. at that roster, yeah, bro. Oh, and how they play, and like oh. yeah, yeah, just Tom Wilson, Ovi. Ah, oh, it's sickening. Yes, it is. It's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. It makes me just so negative. It, like, look at this team. You think the Leafs are gonna beat this team in a seven game <laughs> no. series? Are You kidding me? <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Like, not a chance, man. No. Like, oh, this team is unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Last but not least, Monday, 630, Dallas Stars, Vegas Golden Knights. I'd put the, uh, my so we just said the the two favorites in the East are the Caps and the Bruins. My two favorites in the West are probably the Golden Knights and the Avalanche. And you know what? Let's make it three St. Louis Blues. Yeah, the Blues are legit. You can't count out the Blues. I like how Dallas is in this top four thing because they've kind of been just meandering around the league for the past couple of good years, but with with good ability. But now they add Joe Pavelski, who's been the best player on the Sharks for forever, and it's just now they're just a good hockey team. I think they're legit, man. I like them. Ryan, this is officially the last podcast that we are going to do before the madness starts, buddy. Are you ready? Are you ready to open the bar? Oh, and the intro, the intro too. Are buddy. you ready for a postseason pint? We didn't yeah, think we were going to get to do tallest this year. pint you got. Oh yeah. Oh, Not yeah. would even be a pitcher after this series. A postseason schooner. Yeah, I might have to drink a whole pitcher to myself after the Leafs get dummied in three games. Oh my God, could you imagine? I just, I I don't even want, I, oh my God. This city is going to explode if they get eliminated by the Columbus Blue Jackets. I can't, I can't. No, but one more thought about tonight's game before we go. When they, when the Habs made it 2-1 and then when they scored later to, to be within one goal again, I said that this is the the true test for this hockey team is will they unravel we, we can we can talk about the the hemmed in the, the the power play the this then that but this team its worst tendency, its worst habit, its worst trait is absolutely unraveling when things start to go wrong so tonight I was pretty proud of them. they answered twice with two quick goals after, I thought they were going to break down and that's how you're going to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets. You got to to stand up through adversity and respond. At the risk of sounding like negative guy, it's easy to not implode against the Montreal Canadiens. It's not going to be as easy when you've got a team that has torts behind the bench that plays as well defensively as the Blue Jackets play. And it just they're just gonna they're gonna be so physical. That's the the thing about this series that is really making me nervous is like you don't think torts is gonna be in there just firing these guys up. Finish every check. They can't handle you if you're out there finishing checks. Lean on them. They don't like it. They can't take it. Like you can just hear them now. You can see the videos on the Blue Jackets Instagram now of him saying that type of stuff. Yeah, it's scary, man. It's, but we're gonna find out Sunday. I'm excited, man. I'm so excited. This is this is this is unreal. This is unreal. Then, like, I got I got the Bud Lights ready to go. Got got the snacks. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, and then we're gonna just talk about it. Yeah, then we're just gonna talk as soon as it's we're over. Just, and then if they lose, we're just gonna come on and be mad. Yeah, you might as well just. I'm sure some people, if they, they might as well just record our sound bites of the negativity, because if they go out and just suck, oh. just replay that negative sound bites over and over and over again. <sighs> well, Ryan, before we head into this, I just want to say enjoy, my friend, and enjoy to all of our fellow Talking Buds listeners. Come on this journey with us. Hopefully, it lasts longer than three to five games it's going to be fun we can't wait thank you guys for downloading and we will see you after game one leafs blue jackets on sunday i'm matt Kundle, host of the sound off podcast the show about podcast and broadcast